Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Vallejo police gunned down another young man last week, Sean Monterosa from San Francisco. And just days later, California Attorney General Javier Becerra announced that the California Department of Justice will be conducting a, quote, expansive review to reform the Vallejo Police Department. These developments in Vallejo are all happening while national protests against police killings of Black people continue across the country. And if you're the family member of someone shot and killed by police in Vallejo, all this news hits especially close to home. Today, we check back in with the families I spoke with almost a year ago for our series on policing in Vallejo. And we talk about how this moment actually might be giving them more hope for justice. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Welcome to the Bay. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be, California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Um, hi, my name is Alicia Sadler. Um, I'm the sister of Angel Ramos. He was murdered by Vallejo PD January 23rd, 2017. Mind you, my son was nine years old when this happened. He's now 12 years old, brave as ever. Um, he wants to get up and share with you 
the type of person that his uncle was, what his uncle meant. We're out here today because it's his, what well, would have been his 25th birthday. And the things about him just makes you miss him so much. Like, why'd you have to take him for no reason at all? Also, we're here because of George Floyd, of course, and there was another murder by VPD. Um, his name was Sean Monterosa. He was a 22-year-old brown Hispanic man. Um, he was murdered while on his knees, surrendering with his hands up. Officers said they saw a butt of a hammer and mistaked it for a gun. Alicia spoke with our host, Devin Karayama, at this rally Alicia organized in Vallejo last week. About 100 people showed up. What's it been like for you over the last several days since the national protests have broken out? Um, Actually, to be honest, it's been great for me. This is something Vallejo needed. It took for somebody else in a different state to be murdered, but... It got Vallejo up and going. Don't shoot! Hands up! Don't shoot! Hands up! Don't shoot! Hands up! So what have you seen over the last few days in Vallejo? I've seen people come together of all colors. I've seen people mad. I've seen people angry. I've seen people fed up. And like I said, it makes me really happy. put something on social media, this picture of, I think, an aerial view of all the protesters, and you said this is what Vallejo should be like. Can you tell me what you meant by that? Um, through the past, like when others have been murdered by Vallejo police, we don't come together, we don't have that support from the community. The most we can get is maybe 20, 30 people, and to see these hundreds and hundreds of people coming together and marching for the same thing is what I meant. Like, that's what Vallejo needed, to come together and be as one and show support to each other. Every time there's something that's going on in Vallejo, the numbers get bigger instead of smaller. You know, sometimes it's like stuff happens and then people are outraged and then it starts to die down and that's not happening. It's only getting bigger and bigger and bigger. What do you hope happens here today? Um, I hope we get a lot of people to show up and just honor my brother's name and also honor Sean Monterosa that was just murdered by Vallejo police as well. I just seen a video of George Floyd's daughter. He did what? That changed the world. <laughs> she was saying, my daddy changed the world. I broke down and I cried. Cause yes, baby, it's not changed yet, but he is changing it. <laughs> and it's sad that it had to be her dad. And now she has, she no longer has a dad, but yes, he did not die in vain. And that's for sure. Two years after the death of Alicia's brother, Angel Ramos, Vallejo police shot and killed 20-year-old Willie McCoy. As part of our Vallejo series, I also met David Harrison, Willie's big cousin. And I wanted to check in with him, too. I caught him while he was working, driving big rigs near the Oregon border. 
I'm just curious how you're doing right now. How have you been? I've just been watching everything, and I've been kind of elated about protesting and what's going on. It's something that we haven't seen before. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about that. Like, what has it been like for you watching more than 140 American cities protesting against police violence, which, you know, when I talked with you last year for the Vallejo series, um, you know, I remember it being really hard for folks in Vallejo to get people to mobilize. So how has it been for you to see that? It's an elating feeling. I'm, I'm elated. You know, and it's been hard at some points because I've been watching uh, other people who look like us and, you know, just really talking bad about the kids and what they're doing with the looting and vandalism and things like that. And um, they don't understand that this stuff has to happen for us to have change because this is the only language that that the powers uh, in, in place that can make change recognize. Uh, without that, nothing happens. It just police go back to work, back to business as usual, and more killing. And you protested during uh, the Rodney King riots in the 90s. I'm wondering how you're thinking back to that experience and how you're squaring that with what's happening now. Well, um, when all of the looting was going on uh, during the Rodney King, I felt it was my duty. We were angered as, as kids. We were kids to ourselves. 17, 18 years old, and we took to the streets. Okay, I'm here outside Parker Center where protesters have descended on the place. It was during uh, Chief Gates' news conference. They got here. It's been we were really sick and revolutionary because we were raised in the 70s. Being raised in the 70s, we had guys like Huey Newton, Eldridge Cleaver, H. Rap Brown. In just over a year, the Black Panther Party grew from a local organization to one with 33 chapters nationwide. Let's get into the inner workings and the meaning of a black revolution and why black people have a right to take what's theirs. You know, now they got it on tape because we have been telling people the stories the whole time about how we were being beaten, robbed, misused, and you know, being falsely accused of things and put in jail for things we didn't do. And no one believed us because, you know, we was young black kids with a record. So, uh, yeah, it, it's different now because now these kids are really woke. You know, they really woke. They've seen it. It's been so many videos. And a lot of people may say, well, they're we desensitized to these videos now because there's so many of them. But no, they're not desensitized. They're hypnotized. They're hypnotized by this because every time that they see a red or blue light or hear a siren, they fear for their lives. These kids are fearless. They're not scared because they was taught by people who aren't scared. And they're not afraid of death because they're looking at it like they're hopeless, hopeless. If we stay in this condition, we're going to die anyway. Do you think that things are, are shifting in America based on what you're seeing right now? What I'm seeing now is that these governors are getting on television now talking about they want swift justice. We've never seen that before. I think that things are going to things are going to come to a head because they're, they're not even worried about the people. The system is worried about the property and the economics. And when our people are unified and organized, they stop the economical flow. I'm curious, you know, how you've been thinking just about Willie, your your 
little cousin lately. You told me last year that you would bring him on your car rides with you, and sometimes you'd, you'd talk to him um, as you're driving for work. I'm curious what you've been saying to him lately. I have his picture in his urn there, and I talk to him. He's, he's, um, he's next to my television set by my nightstand. I talk to him and I tell him that uh, we're finally going to get some justice. Finally, uh, they're going to they're going to prosecute some of these some of these cops and the one and the ones that did this to you. They're not going to get away with it. Last year, Willie McCoy's family filed a federal civil rights lawsuit against the city of Alejo and its police department for wrongful death. I asked David, "What's the status of the case now?" I appreciate your time and for making time for this, pulling over for me. Appreciate it. Thank you, Erica. I'm praying for the kids out there. They're our future, and they're doing what, uh, what our generation failed to do. So I applaud them. I know from my reporting that families of people shot and killed by police in Vallejo have been asking for an outside entity to investigate its police department for years. So the state attorney general's announcement last week that the state will begin a review of the department, it's kind of a big deal. It's a critical step for the Vallejo Police Department to build trust with people who have lost faith in them. Uh, This will be an expansive review. At a press conference on this, our criminal justice editor, Alex Emsley, asked why it took eight years for the attorney general to step in. Javier Becerra said it's because his department doesn't have the resources to step into every city where reform is needed. If you want to listen back to our three-part series in Vallejo, we'll leave you links in our episode notes. This episode was produced by Marisol Medina-Cadena, Devin Karayama, and editor Alan Montesilio. KQED's leadership team includes Jessica Placek, Erica Aguilar, Vinnie Tong, Ethan tovin Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. That's it for the Bay. Take care, y'all. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, 
please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.